0: Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. Today, we do a Super Bowl special. We break down what we think is going to happen in the game. We go through some bets, some prop bets for the game. We do a draft of the all-time Super Performers, and we do our end-of-season NFL awards. So a lot of fun things going on there. We have a great UFC 284 preview with Nickman-Jones and Josh Wollman, who came on and shared their expertise. And we talk a little NBA at the end of the episode Kyrie Irving trade broke while we were recording So hope you guys enjoy the episode um, And we've been loving all the feedback Really
1: The Pac-12 was awesome
0: What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You
1: separate the art from the artist Oh
2: no! We're, we're transparent.
1: You should never ever do this To like Now we're going to have Shaq and Ernie Telling you like what you should be Putting your money Like the honor
2: system isn't good enough for us
1: It's certainly know. not with this group and And sean went to go grab an angry soda i don't like
2: him the locker room doesn't
0: like him uh he's just a loser well george does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit all of the money is in me looking good you're listening to the loud and uninformed podcast hey hey fellas how we doing good what's up recording on a sunday this is usually the day of rest. I can't believe we're we're working on a day of rest. We we work so hard at our for at our a listeners. Job. The stuff that's <laughs> act. Yep, for our listeners, we do we do anything. We pull up all the stops.
1: Yeah, you guys just see the beautiful shiny finished project and not the hours and hours of work that goes into producing a, an award-winning
0: podcast. Absolutely. We're we're nominated for six Oscars, even though I, I, that's movies. But Yeah, I don't think
1: they... Is there a podcast awards? Or is that something that we should be submitting to? Or, or are they going to find us?
0: There, the podcast awards is definitely something you have to like pay to get an award. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like a $50. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. We'll have, we'll have our people look into it. Um, I did want to say to the listeners, thank you all for listening. We actually broke our listens record last episode. Which was awesome. We love you guys. So we're keep, in love with you. Yep, keep sharing the episode. Please rate us five stars and whatever you listen to. We now are on Apple Podcasts as long as Spotify.
1: Okay, so well don't grovel for them. All right, then then they don't then they won't want us anymore.
0: Rate us whatever you want, but if yeah, you whatever want, we don't care. Whatever you rate, if you rate us below five, just don't rate.
1: Yeah, except if you don't like it, just tell us. We'll change it. Whatever you want. You guys are right. all like Nielsen families to us. We'll we'll bend it will to. Do, yep. do, we, do we need yeah. to be talking about about movies more? We'll do more movies. Anything you guys want?
0: And um, I was asked. I was like, somebody was asked, like, "Oh, what are all your socials and everything?" So we, we're on Insta, Twitter, TikTok, um, Grinder, Apple Podcast. Are we on Grinder?
1: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Oh fuck all yeah! All three of us. I have been advertising
0: heavily. <laughs> nice. Do Did I get Maybe a lot a of nice likes? To to let,
1: let me just say, not a lot of bites. Oh no! <laughs>
0: yeah. What a shame. I'm, Nice, but uh, thank you to all the listeners. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll hop into it. We got a Super Bowl preview episode here. Um, lots of talk, and we're going to do some uh, end of season awards for the NFL. Um, our own awards, though, a, a little a little twist on what on what the you know the people in the suits do in the overall the NFL offices. Um, so just to hop into the Super Bowl preview, how do you think this game is going to line out? It's it's still Eagles have two and a half points in hand to the chiefs feels like
1: the uh is, this feels like luke skywalker and the rebels are gathering to take on the evil empire here we got <laughs> our we got oh who's luke skywalker patrick mahomes is luke skywalker this is the yeah. it's the ragtag team of rebels coming up to to defeat the the long-standing
0: yeah, what, the two-time MVP who's already won a Super Bowl is Luke Skywalker? <laughs> what is this? No, he's Darth Vader. Yeah,
1: and, then, and then Jalen Hurts as the as the villain, as he's so clearly well cast for a villain. No, Jalen Hurts, the greatest person to ever live. Um
2: okay. I, I wouldn't go there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Jeeb, you're
2: dying. You're dying to tell yeah, us. Yeah, go
1: for you. it, Jeeb. You tell us.
2: No, I mean, I think the Eagles are going to win. I think they're going to win <laughs> by more than two and a half points. And I, I'm going to bet that uh and, and it's i've never wanted to lose a bet more
1: i was gonna say are you happy about that
2: am i happy about betting the eagles
0: yeah. no
2: i don't like the fact that i'm betting <laughs> the I, I i'm betting the eagles because i don't want them to win a super bowl so badly that i don't i if, if they lose and i lose money then i'm fine um i didn't want you're in happy this position, to but <laughs> it is what it is i think uh Worried about the Chiefs pass defense. Um, it's not very good. Uh, I think they can stop the run a little bit, but the Eagles are just so multi-dimensional. Um, it, it's gonna be the toughest offensive test that the Chiefs have faced this year. Uh yeah. they, maybe maybe the, the Bengals have a better offense, but they didn't even play that well uh two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, but
0: the Bengals don't have the line that the Eagles do. Like the Eagles no, they can don't dominate I, the is, I um, will
2: I love shitting on the Eagles. The Eagles do have the best offensive line in football. Probably have the best defensive line in football. Definitely not the best quarterback in football. They have a top two wide receiver group. Um I do think the Bengals wide receiver group is a little bit better, but
0: I think that I won't argue they're, they're I'm, I'm happy with that. Um especially since we're in the Super Bowl.
1: Definitely uh, top top three weapons for sure. I will say, though, uh, best probably one of the best running offenses we've seen in years, but I would argue Chris Jones is probably the best run defender in the league. Um, so that'll be interesting. He really ruined the Bengals' anything that was inside. So it'll be interesting to see how much of an effect he can have.
0: He will. So and to that, I, I think the, the, the biggest hotspot, if the Chiefs are going to have success defensively, is obviously the Kelsey – and whatever guard double teams Chris Jones every play if they can yeah. win the matchup 90% of the day yeah then and, and i and i like that the one tough thing is Landon and dickerson is going to have to wear a brace he did get an elbow injury in the 49ers game and he's one of our guards yeah. so if he's not fully healthy i could see the chiefs loading up on him yeah. to try to get the week the week but the thing is at the end of the day unless you have like aaron donald and chris jones is really good don't get me wrong but like aaron donald's the only guy that has ever scared me up the middle when it comes to pass rushing. Yes, well, yes. What yes, yes. sort of thing? Yeah. No, up the it's middle. Definitely
1: not Chris Jones's specialty. He's I like a. There a of up off. the middle
0: pass rushers. There, there are, but I'm saying he's the only one that scares me. Like the best up the middle pass rushers, like Fletcher Cox, is a good up the middle pass rusher. But it's because we typically have a good edge that the yeah, defense
1: and, and he's eating up double teams. That's oh, what they're most. Oh,
0: so that's what I mean. Like the only guy on himself is like Aaron Donald, and like. I don't know, Reggie White back in the day, <laughs> like sort of thing. But he also he also played more end um in that time period anyway. Yeah. But but yeah, so I think that's kind of a big loophole there. And then it, it's the Chiefs MO. They're gonna have to look for a shootout. And that's that's what they're gonna have to hope for. They're banged up on offense weapon-wise. So I think this isn't gonna be a close game. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think yeah. these win by over 10 points.
1: So I think that the only way that the chiefs get, I think uh, uh, Nick had, had kind of alluded to this in the UFC section when we asked about the Super Bowl. Uh, the Eagles are not a team that's particularly well equipped to play when they're down. So if the game flow goes in such a way where the chiefs have some opportunities to get on the board early and makes Philly kind of feel like they're chasing points and they can't just sit there and pick up five yards every rush, every time they run the ball, every play, um, I think that if you can get them into a system where they can't play the kind of really basic offense that they play so well and that nobody can stop, and you force Jalen Hurts to start playing a little more hero ball, not everything is like quick screens and inside zones and stuff along that lines, that's where I think we might have a ball game. But the Eagles have been so good at just controlling game flow. It's just been they they jump on it. They, they get the, they get stops. They need, they kill the clock. They take the momentum from the other team. So, um, I I think if it's a close game, the chiefs have a really good chance of winning. Um, but I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards you, Sean, the Eagles have done so well at just controlling football games. And honestly, I'm praying that this is even like slightly enjoyable, but it might not be. So I
2: will say what happened the last time Jalen hurts, played really well all all year and then was in the championship game.
1: (laughs) Do you think he's gonna get pulled at halftime for Gardner Minshew?
2: His pants that's (laughs) shit his pants. He didn't have any
0: points. It's because they needed to come back and they put in two who was the better passer. That's why they yeah it was
1: because they couldn't run for shit and so they had to like change their read option offense to like an actual like throwing on.
0: Don't try and rewrite history here. James. I'm not
2: rewriting history. That's exactly what happened. Is he- no, but I'm agreeing with you,
0: too. I'm saying that I
1: if, if, if it comes down to, like, you know, good supporting cast, good supporting cast, but we're going drive for drive Mahomes versus Hurts, I'm taking Mahomes if that's the kind of game it turns into. But if Jalen Hurts can just sit there, be a game manager, hand the ball off, throw quick slants. Which it's
3: is what he's work.
2: done all year, I would and like. It-
1: He's been great at it. He's been as good as anybody. He changes the math because he can run the football so well. Like, that's the offense they built. It works great. I If if Spagnola can do something to get him uncomfortable, start calling up those timely blitzes that he's so good at.
0: Could be interesting. So, so the other crazy part is the Eagles split during the season. I think it was a little bit below the league average when it comes to pass run. I think it was like 55-45 uh, pass over running in the regular season, in the yeah. playoffs, they've been 80-20 run pass. Sure, I think that's all
1: guys, eating the piss out of every team they've seen.
0: They've gone up, and they've gone up early, yeah, and then they've just been running the clock out. And that Niners game, of course, they had no quarterback, so they just were like, we'll run the ball too. <laughs> and they kind of ran out. But um, it makes me wonder if part of that is that Hertz has still been recovering from that shoulder injury. Yeah. Uh, and so my only fear is if the Chiefs somehow make this a game, and like you said, that shootout scenario—how healthy is Hurts when it comes to throwing the ball? If he needs to throw it 35 times, sort yeah. of thing—that's um, where I'd get a little concerned. But it's also a Super Bowl, last game of the year. He can sell out everything, yeah. but there's nothing to hold back for. But I so. think that
1: logic helps the Chiefs, right? If we're talking about what team's in worse health right now and what big points, it's the Chiefs. I mean, I think all of Nicole, Juju, and Kadarius, Tony are all questionable right now. Um, I think their number one receiver that they know is going to be healthy besides Kelsey, who's also questionable, is Sky Moore, the rookie. Sick name. But, like, that's the kind of thing where – if they're healthy, that could be a much different ballgame um, yeah. because if they're not, it's going to get ugly.
4: Not fun.
2: Like Mahomes' ankle, we haven't even touched on that, but like yeah, he's exactly. not going to be – he's he's going to be like 50%. He's still so good that he still has the ability to take over, but I'm worried about him extending plays, which is how he operates. Yeah.
1: But he's done it successfully two games post-injury. So, I mean. Yeah, anyway.
2: but it has not looked the same. Like, his ball, I mean, he, he couldn't even throw a spiral in that Bengals game. He, it, it was rough. Yeah. So. I
1: think that if the Bengals were in this game, though, we would be giving them more credit than we've been giving the Chiefs, and the Chiefs just beat them, mm-hmm. you know? So, I, I yeah. think that we're under, like, I think the Chiefs are starting sure. to underrated a little bit because they're not super dominant across every position group like the Birds are.
0: So, so it's, think- it's not. Sorry, go ahead, Jeep.
2: No, I. you go ahead. It's going to piss you off.
0: <laughs> <All right>. yeah, <laughs> I'll it for later. Chiefs and Eagles both have been home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They're both great home field advantages. The The game in Phoenix, it's the Super Bowl, so there's a lot of neutral people that just go and watch the Super Bowl. So it, neither team's going to have a true, you know, dominating the link or candlestick home field. No. Yeah. Um, but – or arrowhead, sorry, not candlestick. Um.
1: I think candlesticks but exist. For like 10 I did years
0: see ago. that e- the highest percentage of tickets purchased for the Super Bowl, it's been like 30% out of Philadelphia and only 7% out of Kansas City. Sure. So I think it's going to be more green than red. Sure. I, feel-
1: I don't think that really has an impact in the Super Bowl. Like you mentioned, like most of the fans there, like, you know.
0: Yeah, but I feel like this Eagles team feeds off a lot of, you know, the fans and everything. And having the stance be on your on your side is definitely, I think, going to be. I that's don't true.
2: think you have as much of an impact on the Eagles success as you would
0: like to think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's true. But I'm gonna be sitting on a couch in Philadelphia. So <laughs> every
1: every single thing that the fans do at home affects the outcome of the game. <laughs> you get that.
2: All those little morning superstitions.
0: Yeah, if you don't do them. Yeah. My um my my boss asked is like, oh, because I took off a half day the day after the Super Bowl because I'm training back from Philly then. And I'm probably going to be a little hungover. Um, but uh, they asked, like, oh, are you going to Phoenix? I was like, you know how much I make. I'm yeah. not going to the Super <laughs> <laughs> Bowl. No. <laughs> That's crazy.
1: Um, so, what's the uh, what's the points line set at right now?
0: So, I just checked FanDuel. It's actually minus one and a half birds. What do you, what do you guys want?
1: No, no, no. For, uh, well, yeah, we got to take those. But I mean, for uh, like over under 50 and a half. 50 and a half. Give me. Uh... Um I think you guys are both going to go birds so give me the chiefs and give me money because why not wow. and and give me over 50 and a half is low I saw a uh, I saw a script leak and apparently the final score is going to be uh 49 39 Eagles victory but I guess we'll see
0: I saw so- another one a script leak where the Chiefs put up like 30 points in the first half and the Eagles scored 0 and then the Eagles end up winning like 31 <laughs> 30 that would be insufferable those those memes after the whatever podcast that was with PFT and Aaron Foster where Aaron Foster was like yeah we got the script every week and uh we knew exactly how things were going to go down and all those quote teats were just amazing so
1: funny like Aaron Hernandez reading the script before the you know like 2015 season oh no <laughs> um it was bad too though cuz there's like some uh some some not not so, uh, not so PC news coming out of the league as it always does. But all of the comments were just about how it was like in the script, <laughs> and they were uh, uh, didn't really take it take it very
0: serious. <laughs> um. All right. So Skyler went moneyline Chiefs and the over. G- going I was not with- going to ask,
1: are any of us above five hundred for our gambling records? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I, we we'll checked have to
1: that. tally them. We'll have to
0: go back and tally them. I've only gotten right that the Eagles cover <laughs> in all the games. It's been a good, it's been a good bet so far. Uh, Jeeber, what do you got?
2: I'm going Eagles spread, uh, and then the under. Your yeah, under has been working for you. So, it, if the Chiefs can't put up points, then the, I, it's tough to get over 50 points. I mean, it's true. I, I think that's I'm going to that's stupid. I'm going over actually. <laughs>
0: So quickly, (laughs) I was gonna say the over, but you guys both did it. I mean, my thing is like, I want to say the over because I don't want to disrespect Patrick Mose fully, sort of thing. Like, I feel like the Chiefs could put up 20 points in this game, but the Eagles could put up 42.
1: What was the score when they lost to the Buccaneers? Is that 31 to 9? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, a world where that something like that happened again.
0: Super Bowl can sometimes be weird because you get these hot teams and they get banged up and then they show up and you have a Patriots Ram Super Bowl that was like 12 3. 13 Let's calm
1: down. All right. It was a high. <laughs> okay.
0: But, but that wasn't One of the a-
1: greatest defensive Super Bowls of all time, mind you.
0: Worst game ever. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go under just to be different. Sure. Um, That's actually worked out really well for me. So. Yeah. True. Um, all right. I think we should also choose a prop. That's kind of like a yardage prop or something. And then just give me
1: 20. a Boston Scott anytime touchdown. I That's
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to say choose a big odds prop. And I'm taking Boston Scott plus 550 to score a touchdown. Really? Oh, that's not big plus odds 50 enough. 50. You got to go
1: bigger than that.
0: Plus 550 for oh, that's pretty big. Scott. Um, and then I also like Dallas Goddard over 49 and a half yards.
1: I'm going Darius Slay anytime touchdown.
0: Darius Slay? I don't even know if you could bet that. <laughs> you want a defensive Eagles touchdown?
1: Yeah, what is that?
0: Uh, that's a good question. That's okay. You don't have to look it up. Um. Then do you have like a, a yardage guy that you want to hone in on?
4: or?
1: I would do uh, – uh, let's do Patrick Mahomes over yards. I think it's 275 okay. or something like that, right? Somewhere in there. I don't know. I'm really praying to watch, like, an actual good football game because the last ones have been so disappointing.
2: Um, are you ready the Eagles for my pick? Yeah. This, this is the moneymaker. I'm going Noah Gray, first touchdown. I don't know what the odds are, but I would imagine they're, like, 20 to one at least.
1: They're incredibly juicy. So,
0: so I, um, I think it would be really, really smart for the Chiefs in this game if they win the coin toss to take the ball.
1: Yes. I, I was going to say that. You yeah. want to be winning the whole game.
0: Yeah.
2: And you need to have – Andy Reid needs to have the best play calling day. Not that he has a lot of poor play
0: calling days, but, I mean, he needs to pull out all the stops here. Uh, I what would, I would love – and I, I actually like Andy Reid a lot. In Philadelphia, it didn't work out in the end. It's just like we needed to move on sort of thing. So but you boot was, him out. He was really bad at calling timeouts when he was in Philadelphia. Like that was the he one. He sure was. was. Yeah. I would love for in this game for the Chiefs to mess up on a timeout call. That would be brutal. <laughs> that would be brutal. Also, it's like everybody's talking about, you know, like Andy Reid was the Eagles coach. Nick Siriani was a Chiefs, like uh, some low level coaching position. And Andy Reed, yeah. yeah. Andy Reid came in and fired him. <laughs> so,
1: really? Is- oh, I didn't realize that he fired him.
0: This is a Sirianni revenge game. He just didn't attain him when he got the job. So, <laughs> but this is a Sirianni revenge game. <laughs> Who's your defensive coordinator? Uh, Gannon, who interviewed for a couple jobs, but he's staying, which I'm happy I, with.
2: I saw that. How is interviewing for jobs during the Super Bowl, like before that? Like It's not that, like college,
0: though, where they like refuse to if they're still – Playing like in the pros, that happens all time. D'Amico Ryans was interviewing right before the Niners Eagles game. Was he really? Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> do that. It's just a Zoom call <laughs> in the NFL. Getting a job on a call. Yeah. It's
1: not, I, I think yeah. they probably also have, like, I mean, if they're if you're interviewing D'Amico Ryans, I'm guessing that your uh, expectations for how prepared he is for the interview are different if he's like going week to week in the NFL playoffs versus yeah. like, when you're talking to Matt Rule or something.
0: I think it is different too than like the college cycle because the college cycle, it's like, all right, the regular season's over. You might have a month before your bowl game. So that's like when everybody, everybody's in the coaching carousel then NFL, the playoffs take forever. So it's like you have to, they're not going to wait until you're done your run. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, do you have a yardage prop Jeeb? you want to take?
2: Uh, I mean, just pick any, Chiefs You've wide receiver other than uh what 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 is Valdez scantling at? I'll take him, whatever. I don't know, I don't know what what the number is. Change, change mine
1: to a Kadarius Tony over yards. All
0: right. I like it. where
1: your head's at, Chief.
0: Um I like how uninformed we are today. True to our name. <laughs> good. Um, is this on the, the itinerary? Um, I didn't see the yard yeah. Oh my bad. Definitely. Um, uh, do you want to go to our next part, which is draft your all-time Super Bowl performers? Like, yes, we're gonna... absolutely. You start, Sean. All right. So um, this next segment is we're going to draft our all-time Super Bowl performers. So you're going to get four picks. The only qualification is they have to have played in the Super Bowl. So Great. anybody's live if they've played in the Super Bowl. You're going to pick a quarterback, an offensive weapon, a defensive weapon, and a coach. Um, how do, how do we want to go? How many fingers am I holding behind my head, Jeeb? Seven. None. <laughs> 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 All right, that means I go first, and Skyler, you go second. Cool. All right, so quarterback. Oh, I don't want him. I don't want him so i'm not going to take him <laughs> i am so much against tom brady congratulations on your retirement you were the greatest system quarterback ever i'll give it to you um but you're not exceptional um my super bowl performer is nick foles he had the greatest performance <laughs> he had the greatest performance ever in a super bowl you're losing wise. brain cells and and brady, NBA, give me brady give me brady <laughs> All right, I will take um,
1: Tom Brady with the number two overall pick.
2: I am that was going easy to take Julio Jones.
1: You got to take a quarterback, Chief.
2: No, I'm going with the wide receiver. Do we have to do – are we doing it in this order?
1: We're going to snake, so then you can have the first one, offensive yeah. weapon. Okay, so you can have okay. All
2: right, I want Julio, and for quarterback, I guess <laughs> – Why has it always gotten so difficult? Why can't we just follow the – <laughs> quarterback play definitely not matt ryan um aaron Rodgers, why not are are we basing this on their like super bowl performance yes oh well he's got a super bowl you know
1: I don't know,
2: but I don't know if he played yeah i'll give it
0: to him he probably played pretty well yeah that's my whole point with nick Foles. like he played amazing in the super bowl that's why i want you can him.
1: kind of just do whatever again this is not a no one's grading this,
0: death.
1: <laughs> except for our, except for our many, our many valued listeners. Yep. Um, uh, uh, I think for my weapon, I, I think, I think if you're going to have Brady, you should give him Gronk. So give me Gronk.
0: That's a good pick.
1: Yeah. He's, uh, he's been good for a very long time across, uh, it's good to just get, it's going to be a Patriots fan for this segment. Cause I feel like I have a lot of good people to pick from and probably won't end up straying very far.
0: Um, and I think you guys are absolute idiots. I'm taking Jerry Rice, the greatest football player to ever play. <laughs> yeah,
1: Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is a good pick. Oh, I don't nice. know where Julio. Really Guys,
0: okay. we're really showing our age here by picking only modern. No, I'm Jerry. R- Jerry Rice I wasn't alive good. when Jerry
2: Rice was playing. I don't know how I'm expected to. He owns the record sure. books. He owns
1: every record. Michael yeah,
0: Michael Jordan of the NFL.
1: No, I would. Um, Jerry Rice is nasty. Are you ready for a hot take? Are you ready for a hot take alert? Hot sure. take bomb. I don't. I don't think you would be as exceptional in this. Uh, in this, oh,
0: we'll get into that in a different day. That's um, a different
1: day kind of thing. But I think like Randy Moss, uh, Jerry Rice was gifted with two of the best Jerry quarterbacks. Rice
0: play. played wide receiver for like twenty four years. No, he,
1: hey, trust me, trust me. He he's, he will always be. He, he's, he is the greatest wide receiver of all time, and he, he will, even any era, he'd be top three all time. But he, it, that would be overlooking the fact, like all of his records are very closely associated with the fact that he played with back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks.
0: That's fair. Not to be honest. Um, all right, for my defensive weapon, give me the Minister of Defense, Reggie White. I like it. The greatest, I think he's probably the second greatest defensive player ever. I'm not gonna give you guys a freebie on who I think is the best, but I'll so right I
1: here. think that there are two directions to go with this. I think that there's the right answer, and then there's the fun answer. I think I'll go with the right answer and I'll take Lawrence Taylor, but that's who I think is the yeah, the greatest defensive player. yeah. Um, and yeah, we need a little crazy on our team. I've read some cr- Have you ever read all of the things about rookie hey, you know, year on crack, Lawrence Taylor? Is yeah, he weird? was like, Yeah, we we'll just smoke crack and then go play a game and have like seven sacks and stuff. It's crazy, dude.
0: The craziest thing is where he like his shoulder wouldn't go back in its socket, and they're like, Lawrence, we gotta shut you down for this week twelve game so that maybe we can have you play there. He goes, tie it to my body. And they're <laughs> like, What? They're like, he's like, tie it to my body. So they tie the arm to his body. And he went out and played with one arm and got like two sacks and a pick. <laughs> it's
1: it's almost like if Dennis Rodman and Kobe Bryant's mentalities were fused into just a superhuman psycho who is the greatest football player to ever play.
0: So give me LT. And he invented a position. Like yeah. few players have ever done that. So. Yeah. 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 A staple of NFL defenses. Um Jeeber. What do you want for defense? Uh, Should we pick a kicker too? A kicker's is really important in the Super Bowl. Kicker is incredibly important. Let's do a kicker as well. So that'll be the last one. All right, defensive weapon.
1: Who... Defensive weapon and a coach.
2: Give me a second. Um, Michael Strahan.
1: Love it. That's, Great pick.
0: Honestly, a pretty good one. He's
1: especially if we're especially if we're running these teams against each other. That's that's a good Brady. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, who's your coach? Who's your coach?
2: Uh, I mean. That Fisher, <laughs> okay. that that's rude. He has <laughs> been in a Super Bowl, so he has. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> I guess you have to take Belichick. Uh, but you don't have
1: to. You don't have to do anything, George.
2: You know what? I'll give it to Skyler.
0: Um we just give me the Pats? Well, with LT, I guess
1: it's a good team. And I was gonna, I was gonna pick one of Rodney Harrison or Teddy Boruski before. I was like, "Yeah, uh, is still there." Just, you know, that's spitting the in the face of the game.
2: Can't do Dan Quinn. Uh, I guess no. I am gonna take Belichick. I can't. I can't. Like, there's just he's the best. Yeah,
1: that's nice. a good. Call. Um, I'm gonna go with Lombardi. Then give me the trophy. I, holy that's shit.
0: A um, I'm between a few here. Yeah. I really want to say Dick Vermeil because he was the guy <laughs> that was like the most passionate rah-rah, would like cry constantly and get his players to go and went to the Super Bowl in the 80s with the Eagles, lost, but then won one with the Rams, the greatest show on turf. Um but I'm taking John Madden. How do you not take John Madden? That's a great Good pick. a great one. Probably the probably walked away from coaching at the perfect time because he had like Done everything. one with those Raiders teams, and then was like, "I'm done. I'm going to be a broadcaster." <laughs> and yeah, you can only. I was remember. gonna say the
1: one. The one knock on Madden is it's tough to pick a coach who's more famous for something besides coaching.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then kicker, uh, I think I'm just going to have to go Vinatieri. Fuck. All right. Well, then give me the
1: give me the second half of the dynasty. I'll take Kaskowski.
0: There you go. Jeep. Who do you want?
2: I guess Justin Tucker was on that uh, Ravens. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, he's got a ring.
2: Yeah,
0: I like, Tucker. I like that. All right, so we got Team Jeeb um, is Rogers, Julio Jones, Michael Strahan, Belichick, and Justin Tucker.
1: Good team.
0: Um, team Skyler is Brady, Gronk, Lawrence Taylor, Lombardi, and Guskowski. That's a yeah. that's a pretty really good team. Um, but and again, this is Super Bowl performances. My team is Nick Foles, Jerry Rice, Reggie White, John Madden, and Adam Vinatieri. It's a good team besides Nick Foles. <laughs> well, that was good. That was good. Um, that was a good segment. I like that segment. So who knows? Maybe we will talk baseball at some point.
1: It seems, <laughs> seems like there are more heated baseball takes than I, was, uh, you know, than I
0: thought about.
2: Yeah. Oh, no. Sean and I are going to go at it. I can't stand the Phillies. That's good. That'll give us <laughs> something to do in the summer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um to those listening, we are not doing a baseball segment. We're actually gonna stick to football right now. But, I just started recording, so they they just yeah.
1: <laughs> week, week before the Super Bowl, and we're not gonna talk about baseball. What is this?
0: Um my dad's been asking for a hot stover segment. Apparently that's what you call off-season baseball talk. Hot stover. Perfect. Great. Hey, we should
1: have your dad come yeah. on here. Yeah, we should get your dad on here at some point.
0: Dad, you're listening. You're you you've been invited by the you other <laughs> and myself. So you're welcome. Um <laughs> get some good takes you know he has coached multiple nfl players so you know he's, he's an there you go coach. <laughs> and he takes all the credit especially when he coached them in eighth grade it was all him
2: i want well, really to, to, to hear is notre mentioned. dame takes i think notre dame's such an interesting team like going into yeah. the off
0: season i'll tell you what you're gonna have to watch your potty mouth when you talk to my father dude. I,
2: I i'm not i'm not gonna cuss
0: I've been, I've been good today. I haven't said anything bad other than that one thing that we're going to bleep out. <laughs> yeah, please don't say it again. <laughs> All right. Um, we want to do a little NFL end-of-the-year awards. Um, little variation on what the NFL itself does with MVP and everything.
1: These because are closer to, uh, like, high school yearbook superlatives.
0: They they are. Um, <laughs> but I think that's the right thing. So for the first one, it's called causing- – the best player award. So not MVP, but best player, because I think that's always the big argument. It's like, well, this guy was the MVP this year, but he's not the best player in the NFL. Sure. or It's more of an NBA argument. Like LeBron James could have won the MVP every year, but didn't sort of thing. But who do you guys have as the best player award for the. So
1: I, I was framing this as like positional value doesn't
0: matter. I agree. Like so- obviously that's the most important thing. But who's the best football player?
1: Yeah, and I I I honestly think this year watching what he did to an entire offense that looked pretty bad last year and the changing coaching helped, but Tyreek Hill might just be the most ground game-breaking player in the NFL. So, um I think I'm going to call him the best player in the league right now.
0: That's a pretty good it's a pretty good uh, person to have there. I had um I was tough. I wanted to say Jason Kelsey. but I'm I didn't. sure you did I didn't. Don't worry, G. So I'm saying Lane <laughs> Johnson. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> not saying that either. Also I Lane actually went with, the, I went with the receiver too. And mine was Justin Jefferson. I'm <laughs> so enamored by Justin Jefferson's talent. He can do everything a receiver has to do, and he's the best at it. And I think he's the whole reason that the Vikings became the biggest fraud because it was like, how are they? They win so many games. They keep winning. They beat the Bills. It's because Justin Jefferson put that team on his back the whole year and, like, made Kirk Cousins look good at times. And then, of course, they got exposed for having a terrible defense and everything at the end of this. But Justin Jefferson was my best player award, and I think he might hold that award for, like, 15 years. He was was
1: my number two, and the only reason I didn't have him as number one is because he's in a good offense right now, kind of with the same play callers that he's had, decent quarterback – I would love to see five years from now when his situation looks different, if he's still as dominant as he is now and can prove he can kind of do it in a couple different flavors, he'll take over number one for me too.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Jeep, who do you got? Uh,
2: Titans punter, Ryan Stonehouse. (laughs) Uh, You got a lot of work this year? yards per game. Uh, No, I, I, like, I mean, I do think he is the best punter in the league, but I I think you have to go with Mahomes. Uh, Like, it's not a very interesting pick but it's like he's the best player in the league I don't yeah. think there's any there's too much arguing uh and I think <laughs> um also Travis Kelsey just with what he I, it's tough because like how how do you kind of separate like like what are Mahomes and Kelsey without each other Yeah so
1: well because it's funny I was kind of going the same direction I was thinking of you know who are the best weapons in the league? And Kelsey's definitely up there, but yeah, for me, it's tough to it's tough to divide the two and figure out who's giving what, and that's why for me that the Tyreek Hill pick, because it was less impressive what he was doing with Mahomes, much more impressive what he was doing with Tua. So, um, yeah, but I think I think by the same token, they stripped down Patrick Mahomes' roster, and he still looks like the best player in the league. So I think that's a great pick. Yeah,
2: there hasn't been too much drop off in my opinion. Almost none.
1: Yeah, so.
0: But- Mahomes. My girlfriend was locked outside of the house, and I had to go let her. Nice. <laughs> I just ran through the I mean, Mahomes is like a – it's a hard-to-argue thing, but yeah. sort of. Um, okay, a little different. Who was the most exciting player? Like, who did you turn on a game? You're like, oh, great, I get to watch this team because so-and-so plays for him.
1: I, I saw exciting as also being kind of a boomer bust kind of thing. <laughs> Shots out of breath. Um, I think this year it was Saquon. Home run hitter. He is a lot of fun to watch.
0: Fun to watch.
1: Um, And I think that the Giants were a little fraudulent, but so much of it was having like a super, super superstar running back. And I don't think that we've really seen that since like, like Derek Henry's been that guy for a little while now, but he's really been like the only guy. And I think that Saquon being back and healthy, he was starting to teeter on number two of being uh, the the kind of running back that's special enough that it's worth paying him
0: and that he can flip the game on his own. Excuse me, breaking news. Breaking news? News on the podcast. The Nets have traded Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks.
1: No! No way.
0: That's crazy. Crazy.
1: No That's- way, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and a first round, a first round, and multiple second round. All right, how many months do we think he lasts in Dallas? <laughs> uh, let's let's. Not save- a lot of Jews <laughs> in Dallas. Probably part of the reason he wanted to get out of
0: Brooklyn. There. He can say that he's Jewish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's uh, save it for the NBA segment. Yeah, yeah. But wow, that is that crazy. Ripples. Um, but we'll, we'll continue with the NFL stuff, but wow. I am excited to talk about that now. That's uh, our
1: first, uh, that's our first bomb that we've had
0: right. while recording. That's exciting. That is
2: did, very Did exciting. you check the Twitter handle? Are you sure we're not getting Barry McAuchner?
0: <laughs> I had a very trustworthy source named Jack Carney text me the Woj tweet. So I, I trust yeah,
1: him. I, I, I'm looking at the Shams tweet right now.
0: Yeah. He's a, he's an accountant for the government. So, you know, they never mess up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lead. okay so Saquon's a good pick I went with Christian McCafferty um I was thinking watching that Niners Eagles game and I was just like I'm actually terrified of him like I just don't want him to have the ball at any time and there's few guys in the league where at every moment in the game I'm terrified of them having the ball against my team so and it was
1: funny they were handing halfback dives and he broke one remember that
0: right yeah I mean he's just he is so exciting to watch especially when you don't have to see him go against your team but i was like god he terrifies me (laughs) so he has the ball against my team that's a good pick yeah jeep who do you got
2: uh it's tough i i think i'm gonna have to go with titans punter ryan stonehouse
1: (laughs) (laughs) ryan stonehouse with a clean sweep of all the awards
2: did gets a punt a lot this year (laughs) He did. He did. I mean, we, he was a, a very valuable part of our team and uh, averaging 50, whatever yards a punt was, was pretty cool. I guess if if we're going to not be converting.
1: Is that them. your real answer?
2: Uh, No, I mean, like, I don't want to say Mahomes. <laughs> uh, I I like Jamar chase. Like I, I just like watching him. No, yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to go with Josh Allen and I know he had an up and down year. Uh, but just watching the things he does, uh, when, when he isn't making dumb decisions, it's uh, it's pretty special what he can do.
0: That's fair. I love, how, I love how we created these rewards so we wouldn't be like the NFL and just choose quarterbacks for everything. But uh, Jeeb is really stuck to the yeah, I mean, it's the most important position. I don't know what to tell He's you. It's on like... track, baby. Um, so that's good. Uh, what about most surprising team, Jeeb? You can go first this time, you, we've been making you go last uh
2: most surprising team i i did kind of see the eagles being good so i'm gonna say the eagles for you probably
0: no Uh, i i actually think there's much more surprising teams than
2: really um i was kind of back and forth on this one i think the bucks being as bad as they were was surprising um but in terms of an optimistic surprise the giants uh, I, I think that was uh, obviously it came to an end, but uh, Daniel Jones kind of showed that he was worth, uh, worth keeping around and, and Dayball, ball. They, they have a bright future, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think the giants are the, are the obvious one there. They definitely out. They're probably were the biggest. Um, and then my, like that, my bad surprise was the saints. I thought the saints were going to be really good. I thought Jameis Winston was going to, Finally pull it together. Michael Thomas was supposed to be back and healthy. The defense looked great and they were awful. Um, The other one that I liked a lot was the other New York team too, is the jets. I don't think anybody saw them being a piece away before the season started. And now it's like, they're probably one of the hottest potential free agent destinations. And if I were a betting man, I'd say that they're, what is that smirk? You better wipe that silly face off your face right now, mister. They are no Sean. (laughs) Yeah, I, right I would have called them a big free agent destination. Sean just got a little shit-eating grin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gave great analysis. I'm not going <laughs> to.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You don't think a lot of people want to go play their games in East Brotherford? You'd be wrong, pal. <laughs>
0: um, I think it's more the tax issue. but um...
1: Yeah, that's true. Do
0: they get taxed like Jersey or New York City? Depends on where they live,
1: I think. Oh, is it where you live?
2: No, where it's where know. you play the games but then he's also probably going to live in New York city. So he's going to have to pay it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a disaster. Um, don't even, I don't know what Aaron
1: Rodgers is going to do. Um, next year, right?
0: So my, I think this was the most interesting award to choose because I think, like you guys said, the giants came to mind for me. Bucks came to mind for me. Saints came to mind for me. Um, the lions, but I thought the lions were like, I thought they were going to take a step forward. No matter what they took more of a step forward than I thought they would. Um, but the most surprising team to me was the Jaguars. And you I, I like Doug Peterson as a coach. I thought he was going to help them, but I saw them as like a four-win team this year, like starting to get the wheels turning. Yeah, yeah, starting to get some close games. And they won a playoff game. Yeah. Like that's a great year. Now, mind you, they beat Justin Herbert, which isn't saying much. But um, you know, Trevor Lawrence looked good. Uh, um, so I, I'm going with the Jags. Also, like, how bad was Urban Meyer of an NFL coach, that this terrible. roster had talent. Like, they made some good free agent signings in the offseason, but they had talent, and he he, he was just terrible. Yeah. Um, so my, my pick was the Jags.
1: I'm surprised nobody mentioned either the Rams or the Cardinals. Was that just because they were unsurprisingly yeah. bad?
0: I just thought the Rams were a ticking time bomb. I didn't necessarily yeah. think this was the year, but, like, they mortgaged everything. Yeah. And it's like as soon as injuries happen. You're done. Yeah, they had
1: think- no, no depth. I've never
2: been high on the Cardinals. Like, I don't think Kyler's good. I think, uh, like, there's word that they're having trouble hiring a coach. I was also surprised about the Colts. Like, the Colts were supposed to – That's a good one. Yeah, I forgot
1: about now. that. The and Colts
2: really cool. To my uh, enjoyment. Because they were
1: close last year, and everyone was like, if you had anybody besides Carson Wentz, this is a team that's winning the division. And Well,
2: well they, they lost could've... to the Jags. On, like, the last play. The yeah, last yeah, matchup. exactly. And but it was Carson fault. And, and they lost. Yeah.
1: I that think that but that was
0: the thing with the Colts is the last couple of years it's been the same thing with Phillip Rivers, then Carson. Like, they're like, yeah. they should be good. And then they're not. But
1: I think at least you didn't have Jonathan Taylor as, like, a perennial offense player of the year candidate. That, that one that,
0: pick in fantasy. Huge yeah.
1: Bust. Huge bust. I, I I fell victim to that in one league.
0: How did you not take him first? Like, McCaffrey looked like the injury-prone yeah. guy. Like, you had yeah, to take him. Exactly. So, um...
1: Yeah, uh that, that's a good one. Colts is a good one. I forgot about them.
0: Um, okay, let's do least surprising team. I'll go first here. It's the Cowboys. They do the same <laughs> year after year. That's a good I'll one. The roster stacked. Oh, they're winning some big games. Here they come and they fall short again. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Jaber, go
1: for it.
2: I'm gonna go with the Texans. They uh <laughs> Nobody expected them to be good. And then Lovey Smith as kind of a an FU on the way out wins that last game, which yeah. is great. They're going to have to spend a little draft capital if they want to take a quarterback. Um, I think maybe not, but
1: it, it was it was funny. Um, I realized that we hadn't even touched on the AFC West as far as disappointment with the Raiders yeah. and the Broncos. But I was gonna say that my least surprising season was the Chargers because i think that this was kind of expected we they are following the 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 young quarterback can't beat the winning allegations kind of thing and i think that might happen for a couple of years so that was a little unsurprising i would say too that the the ravens in kind of a similar light but in a way that you might not have thought because with lamar not even playing um but i think if they had lost to the bengals and in, in they played in the wild card, right? Yeah, if they lost to the Bengals in the wild card with Lamar, I think that that would have kind of been what you probably would have picked for them at the beginning
0: of the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, those are all good picks. Okay, how about the who should sell their franchise award in honor of Dan Snyder and the Commanders? So you can't just <laughs> the Commanders. Uh. <laughs> uh, who wants to go first? I have a team lined up. but
1: I got one as well, but you you can go before me if you'd
0: like. I was gonna say the Cleveland Browns. damn God it! Uh, God. They've been, and we can choose the same teams, but like they've I, been, a, they've it. been a shit show for so long. Yep. The Deshaun Watson contract was—he wasn't worth that money if he wasn't a diddler. Like, come on! Like he, he's <laughs> terrible, and they stunk again. They ruined Baker, who I never thought Baker was like as good as people were saying, but. Still, like, he was I'm playing in the Cleveland, and he loved the town, and, like, they finally had a quarterback that was for them, and he had commercials that were nationwide. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, I don't know. The Browns are a mess. New ownership is needed. I like that. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. Gee, so, before this year, I would have said the Jags, but uh seems like Shahad Khan is, has found a uh, something that works with Doug Peterson. Unfortunately, I, I enjoy the AFC South team sucking. But um, so I, I guess he doesn't need to sell the team yet. I think the, I, I don't know, like the Texans are just such a dumpster fire all the time. Um, I think you have to consider like them selling the team. I think the Bengals owner has to be in consideration. Like if you don't have enough money or if you're unwilling to pay the players you need to pay. It's the NFL. Like, there are a lot of billionaires in Ohio. You can find somebody else who
1: really will. <laughs> Ohio well-known billionaire state. Well,
2: I, I looked it up, and, and there
0: are, like, like uh, quite a few. Bottom line, there's just a lot of people in Ohio.
4: People, yeah. in Ohio. A
1: lot of, there's a, lot of people. money everywhere, too. I think anyone would buy this team. Gee, but I was going to go the exact same direction of just, like, you kind of captured lightning in a bottle. You have everybody you need right now. If they're young. You're going to have to pay them. The most ridiculous hurdle. Is like, oh, your owner who's supposed to be a black hole of, of wealth is just refusing to pay them and is gonna break up this team. Um, so yeah, that was that was a good one. I think that's probably the direction I probably would have gone. I think like a team like Minnesota could use some new life. They've been middling for a very long time. That's a really passionate fan base and city, has great history. Um, I don't know much about the ownership structure there. So I don't know new if it's new stadium.
0: So, what? But they have that nice new stadium. I'm not sure. They sure
1: they do. Know. I don't know if that happened
0: with an ownership. People paid meeting. for it, or the owner paid for it, but it yeah. probably the people. Almost certainly the taxpayers.
1: Yeah, it's how it goes, Sean. Yeah.
2: Uh it's it's some guy named Zagi Wilf
1: Yeah, That's quite the name. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, you know, I I think
2: while we're in that division, the Bears.
1: must um, but they've been owned by the same people since like their inception. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, just like, people yeah. don't.
2: Their fans are getting sick of it
0: like they they're well the big thing will be soldier field if that retains as the stadium and they do a ton of upgrades or they move out of the city and I think, I think they're
2: moving it's like pretty much decided they're moving out of the city no, they're and...
0: not the city just made a big proposal i to...
2: know and i i heard they still aren't doing it like lori lightfoot's digging everything she can to try and get him to stay and they're like no nah, we just bought this racetrack like 20 miles <laughs> in the suburbs <laughs> we're getting the fuck out of Chicago.
1: Which, uh, based on the one team we're not allowed to pick, put the state back in DC, you
0: cowards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, gee, I would say this. I was just going to say Snyder bought, like, apparently bought a ton of land in Virginia, and everybody reported it as true, and then it turned out to be false, and that he ha- he was just trying to get the city to pony up. So, okay. yeah,
1: one thing That these owners are great at it's uh, it's putting putting whatever they feel like out into the media.
0: All right, last, last award here. Who's the most annoying award? And this can be team, player, owner, coach. I don't care. Whatever whatever you're thinking.
1: Sure. Um, a, a four-time defending champion, anybody that's related to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I actually had not seen anything about them all year. And then I saw a video of them celebrating yeah. after they won the AFC championship. And I was like, oh, I forgot. I hate you people. No, I I
2: think I think he had some talks after last season when Jackson Mahomes was really peaking um, in terms of being a menace uh, and he's kept him quiet. I was going to go with the Eagles. And here's why. (laughs) Aside from doing steroids. Starts early every like a, a decent amount of snaps, and I know Sean thinks that there's a loophole that literally allows you to start early. It doesn't like your foot has to come to a complete stop. Lane Johnson's foot doesn't come to a stop. Okay, I've gotten it out of my system. uh No, I haven't. Sirianni uh, is the biggest douchebag on this planet. I thought like you.
0: I thought you both were going to say Sirianni.
2: I I think he's annoying. Um, but I'm done with the Eagles hate, and I will say I find the Jags annoying. Uh, but one more thing, the gritty, I, I find the gritty really annoying. Um,
1: that's good. That's a
0: good
2: one. I, I think it's been two years. We're, we're done with it. So your, your answer is the gritty. My answer is the gritty, but my real answer is the Eagles.
1: The Gritty slash
0: Eagles. Gritty slash Eagles. All right. Fair enough. Um, mine is fun. I hate fun. Mine, mine is Justin Herbert. He's the most annoying player to me in the league. He gets so much hype for no reason. <laughs> Like give Trevor Lawrence that hype. He's the actual good young up and coming, starting to challenge the rest of them. Besides Joe Burrow, obviously. I think Joe Burrow's already there.
4: Yeah, but, he's already like,
0: it. Trevor Lawrence should get that love. He beat Herbert in a playoff game for Christ's sake. Like Herbert, Herbert annoys the crap out of me that he gets all this praise when he he, he won't have a job in two years. That is a hot take. Like I that is a
1: very hot take.
0: Yeah, he's Carson Wentz 2.0. Um <laughs> So, maybe he'll have a job, but like nobody will want him. Sure. Sort of. I
1: guess we'll see.
0: I would uh, like
2: to see him with competent coaching. And maybe Kellen Moore is the competent coach that he needs.
1: Hmm. Hopefully.
2: <laughs> uh, he, he can't be much okay. worse.
0: <laughs> hey, all I would say, all I would say is, Jeep, is maybe look at the common denominator next year when Herbert doesn't play well again and you're blaming Kellen Moore.
2: Okay. Well, maybe. it's not like Kellen Moore is a home run of a hire either. It's
1: a. I'm already building in the excuses. Uh, <laughs> I knew um, that was going out of your mouth. <laughs> all
0: right, that was good. Good little wrap on the NFL. Of course, we'll talk the Super Bowl outcome, and we'll always be up to date on the off-season stuff as the podcast moves forward. We are joined by two UFC Sharks. Sharks. Primarily. Two two Philadelphia Eagle fans, uh, much to Jeeves' dismay. It's now a 3 to Two and Skyler didn't even make this interview yet, so he'll pop in at some point. But uh, welcome. I, I, I assume and-
4: it was him, Sean. But I was uh, I was hoping to to chirp whoever was running your guys's Twitter last oh, last okay. Oh, Someone <laughs> had too many natty lights. I think
2: it, it is possible that happened. Watching with the Eagles fans is is it
4: just it's got to be rough. I bad imagine. for the
2: mental health. All right, and it, well, it's doing it with AJ Brown too, which is the. Uh, yeah. the titans basically doing it
0: we can go down that rabbit hole let's not yeah, we don't need to we don't need to go into why jeep got banned from twitter and now a lot of them from- <laughs> i i was not banned. I, I forgot my password. password
2: i i didn't remember my password i wasn't banned from twitter it's pretty hard yeah. to
4: get banned you from didn't twitter. remember his password so he went on on the uh the business password
2: nice uh,
3: uh, now, banned from reddit not twitter it's reddit he's now banned from Actually,
4: a subreddit
0: not not reddit as a whole on social media Jeep's banned from a lot of places. Bottom line, Jeep can't go a lot of places anymore. Um, all right, so but we should be talking about UFC 284. So Jeep's kind of into the UFC. I definitely watch it when I'm with my boy Minge, um, when I come up to Philly. Uh, but it, I don't think me and Skyler are too too base, so it's great to have two guys that know a little bit more of what they're talking about. So, Josh, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, what makes UFC 284 kind of like a big
3: card because there's a lot of talk about it. Um, it's been pretty hyped up. What do you think about it? UFC 284 is a great card. It's a great weekend. We've got the Super Bowl as well. Lots to look forward to. In terms of the fight itself, I think the uh, the headliner obviously is Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Two pound-for-pound pound real kings uh, of the sport. You have Volk, who's uh, moving up in weight to fight Islam, who just recently took the lightweight belt from charles Oliveira. there's a lot at stake in this fight i think volk's reputation and his legacy really could take it to the next level if he were to win and then obviously islam could really solidify uh his status as a pound for pound uh, legend really if he's able to win this fight so those are just a few of my top of mind thoughts but there's a lot more to get into across the rest of the card
4: the even better thing about this this fight is it's happening in Volk's backyard. It happening in Perth, Australia, um, where he's from. He trains a little bit with Izzy over at City Kickboxing. Um, but yeah, he's straight out of Australia. And the craziest part, too, is Volkanovski, 145-pound champion, number one pound-for-pound pound ranked fighter in the world, um, is a plus 300 to minus 430 underdog in this fight. Islam is minus 430 in this fight, um, which is for me it shows just how dominant Islam is. But I just think is a, a complete lack of respect for for some of the fights that some of the performances that folks put on recently. Gotcha.
0: So what Josh, you kind of went into a little bit of the background between these two guys and men you threw in some tidbits there. How would this change Wolf. their performance? Because you guys were both saying this is like a defining fight for them. Like, what's the next step for the winner here?
3: Yeah, I think obviously Volk has proven everything he can at featherweight. He's basically cleaned out the division. He's beaten Max Holloway three times, although some Holloway fans might deny that. But well, that second, are fight, what they in are. The
4: second fight, he did not win that fight. But, in my opinion. <laughs> but, the third fight... Cleaned him out, clean sweep, no no controversy, Um, which is an unbelievable performance. You guys know anything about Max Holloway, one of the best of all time, and just made a fool of him in that last fight. So, yeah, continue, Josh. But, yes, yeah, just had to point that out.
3: All right, and well, obviously – Volk is, is the pound for pound best fighter in the UFC right now. I, I think his uh, unbeaten streak is uh, approaching, I want to say it's almost 20 fights or something like that. I mean, his performance in the UFC is is undeniable and his skill is undeniable. And so when you've cleaned out an entire division, really your only options are to move up and wait. And he's facing a really tough challenge in Islam Makachev, who for your viewers who might not know is really sort of a, protege of Khabib Nurmagomedov the Dagestani wrestling the culture is is just so so immense and uh they they bring to the table such a dominating style of of, of fights they really bring it bring it to the ground and uh really just try to drown you and, and make it impossible um and so it's really frustrating uh matchup style wise it'll be interesting to see how Volkanovski games plan like game plans for this it's uh going to be a real challenge
4: it's it's super interesting too because Volkanovsky used to play rugby and weighed about 185 pounds at that time the crazy part though is he's 5'6 there's a very very distinct height difference in this fight I believe Islam is 5'10 so he's going to look really small in there moving up in weight like Josh said Um massive massive stakes for his legacy but in his interviews, it doesn't sound like he's just going to move up and, you know, make this a one-time thing. He wants to defend both titles, which is unheard of. There's been double champs in the past, Conor McGregor being the most prevalent. He didn't defend either belt once. Um, Amanda Nunes has a fake belt at 145, and then she has a 135 champ belt. DC did it, but neither of them stayed at, one, at both weights and went back and forth. He plans to do that um, if he wins this fight against Islam
0: nice right, so talking about the fight itself who, who do you guys like and we can go th- we can go through some other highlights of the card if you guys want as well also Skyler thanks for joining man great to have you
1: I, I was I was telling Christine if I'm not there in about 10 minutes my boss is gonna have my ass
0: <laughs> thanks for joining so what do you guys like on the what do you guys like on the card
3: yeah so I think starting with the the main event I think the Odds makers pretty much have it correct. Uh, I think the, the the size difference, as we've alluded to, is going to be a lot for Volk to to handle. Despite what people might say about his history in rugby, uh, as, you know, at a higher weight, I, I think when it comes to the octagon, I think Islam is just going to really impose his will on the fight. Uh, unfortunately, I think Volk is obviously extremely skilled and talented, but no amount of talent can really overcome that kind of size difference and I think you really saw something similar happen when uh, Izzy moved up to, to light heavyweight to uh, fight Jan Blahovic we, we sort of see this happening and I think as, as Minch said like DC, Amanda Nunez, that they've all sort of done this but it's not something that uh, it, it is easy to maintain. Uh, you can maybe you know catch lightning in a bottle and pull it off but it'll be very difficult I think for Volk to defeat someone who just has all the momentum going for him uh, in Islam and I think Going into the Islam-Charles fight, I I really was interested to see how Islam game planned for that and and how he would match up there. And as we all saw, he really made light work of of Charles Oliveira. So if you can do that to Charles Oliveira, I think Volk doesn't really present that much more uh, in his game. So I, I sort of see it going down a very similar path.
4: You mentioned there that the thought is, you know, he could catch lightning in a bottle which is similar to how Leon, which is another big fight coming up, the rematch of Leon versus Usman, but similar to he did in the fifth round, completely caught lightning in a bottle, beautiful head kick to to knock out the number one pound for pound at the time champion. But in this fight, I think it's going to be a more drag him out. I think it's going to be a super competitive fight. I think people are really, really doubting bulk, but He's going to be hard to take down. He's going to be even harder to hold down at his size. He's super strong for being 5'6". Like I said, he weighed 180 pounds at one time, plus 300 underdog. There's a couple lines, if you guys want to get into it, that I like on this, but I like Volkanovski by decision. I think this is going to be a, a drag him out fight. I think Islam's going to look good early in the first couple of rounds. I think he's going to get worn down. And when they're on the feet, I think those exchanges are going to be mostly won by Volk. I think... This is going to be back and forth action. Islam's going to hold him down probably a little bit in the first two rounds. But when we get to those later rounds, I think Volk has a real chance of getting his hands on him and uh, even potentially TKO him I'm in this fight.
2: So uh, I kind of agree with you on that. I, I, it's more Will. Like I really I like Volkanovski and I want to see him win. Um I, I think We always get
0: with our heart on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <there's> <laughs> a, I think a, I a, probably am a
4: little yeah. bit too in this situation, but I talked myself into believing it. So <laughs> from a technical
2: standpoint, I think the height disadvantage might actually help Volt defend some of those takedown attempts. Uh, looking at who Islam has fought, uh, well, really just Oliveira. I mean, Oliveira's a tall guy. Like,
4: what is he? His resume old? is weak. Compared to the way he's being hyped up, his resume—it's a
3: bit thin, but his performance is.
4: Yeah, he was pretty dominant, but I do think that
2: Volk might be able to stand in there and and stop those takedowns from happening, uh, and he definitely has an advantage uh, if he can keep it striking. So
4: when you when you outstrike Max Holloway for five rounds, you, yeah, you can't tell me he's not going to be able to do it to Islam. And I do I do think Islam's going to get him down. I think he's going to get him down multiple times, but. If he can survive on the ground and if he can get back to his feet, it's gonna he's gonna gain more and more confidence as the fight goes on. And I see a, I said I think a win by points. I could even see a fourth or fifth round TKO. He did survive Brian
2: Ortega. That slippery bald head of his was able to. Right,
4: who's <laughs> known for yeah? What's the What's the line on him winning Ortega. by points? Bulk by points is plus four ninety.
0: Oh. Cool that's tasty. Josh,
4: that's
0: you, Josh, it won't be fair though. You went first. So is there anything you want to, you want to say to defend your, what you're well, here in the fight?
3: Right. I mean, I think I keep having flashbacks to two fights in particular. I think the Brian Ortega fight uh, for Volk and then the Charles Oliveira fight for uh, Islam. I think that coming into that Oliveira fight, I think there were a lot of doubts about Islam's striking ability. And I really think that people continue to sort of underrate it. I think what may be getting in the way of that is this sort of reputation that the Dagestanis have for, you know, having such a dominant wrestling base. But I don't think uh, you can really discount Islam's ability to stand on the feet. It's not to say I think he's better than Volk striking wise, but I think let's not discount that. So that's the first point. And then the second point, I think, is right. We can all remember when Ortega got Volk in that really deep choke and he was able to to slip out of it and. I think that's a sort of position where he may have been able to get out of that. If it's Ortega trying to, you know, cinch in the choke, but I think if it's uh, Islam, it's going to be a lot more difficult to, to sort of get out of that sort of situation. Um, You know, Ortega has got great BJJ and everything else, but I just think Islam's pressure is going to be so suffocating and he's so strong. And it's just in that sort of situation, I don't see Volk being able to, to escape that the same way that he did against Brian Ortega. So I think, for those two reasons, the sort of way that I see the fight playing out is uh, uh, I think Islam's gonna going to submit him, uh, rear naked choke, maybe in the, the third or fourth round is how I see it going down. So by submission, that's even spicier. I, I, I think that. that's yeah.
4: super fair. I think in, <laughs> look, the odds speak for themselves. That's, that's most likely the scenario that this fight plays out. But when it's with a guy like Volk, I think there's a better chance that this fight goes goes on a bit and we haven't seen Islam go into a a drag him out brawl type of battle before we haven't seen him in the later round so let's see how he handles that um but it's a great fight it's an awesome fight
0: nice right now
4: one left at featherweight for Volk he'll he'll go back down fight the winner of the the co-main event and then he'll fight maybe an Arnold Island but uh this is okay
2: Islam does win this um, is there anybody in the lightweight this, division you could see challenging him or is this the best chance at taking him out?
4: There is, there is a, uh, a young man. This is, this is, I'm going to get crushed. If you have any hardcore MMA fans listening to this podcast, but there's a young man. recently was announced to be coming back. Who's going to fight, um, Michael Chandler in oh, August.
3: Don't do it to us. He no. wins this fight. Oh, no. <laughs>
4: We see that in the first quarter of 2024, Islam Khabib's prodigy fighting Conor McGregor for the world championship. I, I see it happening. I <laughs> McGregor knocks out Chandler. Um, but in all <laughs> Seriously, Conor McGregor is is there. There's Benil Dariush there. Um, who's who's going to fight soon? But I'll let I'll let Josh throw in a couple names too.
0: Who is McGregor? Who's to say McGregor even makes it through the season of Ultimate Fighter where he's supposed to be the coach? <laughs>
4: that's, that's true. He yeah. might run, he might run off to his yacht. Who knows? He might leave mid season. I'm also,
3: I'm also not even sure if Chandler and McGregor plan on fighting at 155. I mean, McGregor looks like he's like 200 pounds now. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'd be shocked if they uh, cut down to 155 again. I see him fighting at some sort of catch weight or, or something else. But uh, I think, yeah, I mean, to your point, I think. Benil Dariush uh, is a guy that I think people are sleeping on. I think Raphael Fiziev is sort of an up-and-coming yeah, talent. Cool. Um, I think beyond that, I think it's pretty thin. I mean, you have – I'm just looking at the rankings now. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you've got Gaethje. Poirier already lost to Islam, right? Or no, have they, not-
2: he,
4: they haven't fought yet. that That's the good thing about um, Islam beating Charles, though, because there's some fresh matchups there, at least um, – Charles kind of cleared out that top five. That's been the top five in the lightweight division has kind of been the same for the last year and a half. Um these but, guys only
3: fight each other. It's like yeah. so <laughs> incestuous. Yeah. That lightweight division. Right. It's like it's like Chandler is gonna fight Gaethje, and Gaethje fights uh Boria. It's like these guys right. need to start fighting actual up and coming contenders. It's uh or well, again you
4: know, with so- Gaethje and like you said, that'll be a great fight. So, in England. The co main event in England. Talk about how uh disappointing that card turned out to be, but uh we can mm. say that for another one. Is that the one where
2: Aspinall blew out his knee?
4: No, there's a there's a pay-per-view, the first I not maybe not the first, but first in a while in London. Um, Leon versus Usman, obviously yeah. a great main event. There was talks about that happening at a stadium. And usually those cards, those England cards are filled with um, England talent, um, UK talent like uh Patty Pimblett. Arnold Allen, um, Tom Aspinall, none Those of them got cool. Molly McCann. No, wait, none wait. of them are fighting on this, this card. The, the co-main <laughs> event oh. is Justin Gaethje versus Raphael Fazeeb. So, disappointing, but obviously that main event kind of makes up for it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, UFC 284 sounds awesome. Uh, Skylar, Jeeb, you guys want to maybe open up into UFC in general? You got some dying questions you want to ask these experts? By the way, guys, uh, you're the most informed people we've ever had on this podcast
1: yeah I mean, yeah try how- to dumb it down next time all right our, our <laughs> listener base isn't ready for for that kind of analysis
4: i just Absolutely. said Conor mcgregor is next up for the lightweight <laughs> that's <laughs> where we want to be that's
2: uh how do y'all feel about the return of john jones that's Josh, a good
3: question. yeah I, I, that's a great question i think uh john jones where do you begin with this guy i mean uh <laughs> to, to, to many fans eyes this is the the goat of the sport the one of the greatest combat athletes of all time he's had quite a long layoff um obviously he was the light heavyweight champion for a very long time extremely dominant cleaned out that weight class and he's coming back after what is it a two or three year layoff yeah, uh, there's so much to unpack here but really when you look at the last few fights that john's had prior to moving up in weight they haven't been the sort of dominant, convincing performances that you would expect out of a guy like John. Um, you know, his past has is very controversial out of the octagon, but both in the cage, um, his use of PEDs and things like that, I think has tarnished his legacy a bit. But there's no denying that uh, he's really a once-in-a-generation kind of talent. And I'm fascinated to see how he matches up against uh, Cyril Ghan, who, to me, is one of the most exciting fighters on the entire UFC roster. If you're not watching a Surreal Ghan fight, you're absolutely missing out. That guy is electric. He moves like he's a lightweight. Uh, so uh, one of the most exciting uh, be,
4: on the on the roster, Cyril GON.
3: I think so. In my, is his. The his pilot I don't fight. know
4: about most exciting.
3: Well, regardless, we can agree that the Cyril ghan John Jones fight is an exciting fight. Uh, I don't <laughs> think. Exciting. Yeah.
4: No, that I think you painted the picture perfectly there of of this return. And people say those last couple of fights at light heavyweight, his last one I believe was against Dominic Reyes, where he won a controversial decision. People are to say was very unmotivated to beat those guys at light heavyweight. He cleaned out the division multiple times at that weight class. Um, I think this is a newly, newly motivated John Jones. He's getting up there in age a little bit, so it's incredibly unknown what his performance is going to look like. He could be incredibly dominant in this fight. Zero gone's shown some gaps in his wrestling um john jones obviously an incredible wrestler um but the the odds are are not really breaking the last time i looked it looks like it's pretty even on this fight so super super intriguing fight um john moving up to heavyweight i'm curious to see josh what are you what are your predictions on this how much do you think he's gonna weigh in there it,
3: well, I mean, he's been bulking for a while, right? So uh, he's he's really trying to put on the pounds. Of, Does he like, want to be saw... super
4: heavy, though, in this one? Does that take who away knows? some of his his ability? <laughs> yeah. you know?
3: yeah, with, with that guy, I mean, who, who knows with what John what, what he's going to do on, on Fight Night? I think that. Uh, I, I respect his approach to bulking up, uh, which we saw Izzy tried to just sort of move up and maintain his weight, thinking that he could take advantage of his, his speed and his, um, you know, agility to compensate for that weight difference. But I think we saw clearly that you really need to take your time uh, when you're doing that that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it'll be fascinating. I mean, to your point, the the even odds, probably about right. Uh, I mean, looking at how John performed against Dominic Reyes and looking at how Dominic Reyes has looked in his last few fights, doesn't paint a very pretty yeah. picture. Uh, I mean, Reyes has gotten his lights put out, I think, like two or three fights in a row. Yeah. So that poor guy. But um, it'll be really interesting. I, I can't wait for that fight.
2: So I have a quick question. Um, is is this John Jones? This is me being uneducated. But is this John Jones's first time at heavyweight?
4: It is. Okay. First. Maybe so he
2: was light heavyweight all the way through his career. Yep. Why do you think he went to heavyweight instead of going back to light heavyweight?
4: He got fat in retirement. Okay. I, okay. No, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, <laughs> I think he was sort of getting. I think he did. He accomplished all you could accomplish at light heavyweight. I think he needed. He needed a new challenge to excite him. There's okay. a lot of games at heavyweight, light heavyweights, The division's sort of in a rebuild now since John left. Uh, the the titles changed hand I, I think three times in the last three years.
2: They had uh, that draw between, yeah. uh,
4: and then they did another title fight the next month. So yeah, that that division is is interesting. But um, I'm thinking, uh, you know, he needed something new to do, and and this is an incredible challenge. And if he wins this fight, there's no question about it. he's the greatest of all time.
3: I think uh, an interesting topic that uh, I want to discuss as well is Francis Ngannou is leaving the UFC. What do we yep. think about the implications that will have on sort of mixed martial arts in general and, and the UFC as well?
4: That whole that whole saga was incredibly depressing to me. I I wanted to see the Ngannou John Jones fight so badly. That's going to be one of the fights. That, looking back, the the one one of those ones that just never happened that everyone wanted to see so bad. Um, yeah it's it's interesting he it sounds like he, he was offered the sort of money that you would think he would want but it wasn't really about that for him he wanted the freedom to do other things and you know how the UFC does business they're not about that so he went he went off and now it looks like he's he's gonna box I don't know who he's gonna box but uh you know Jake <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So that I do was, have a question for you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do have a question for you guys here. Um, as kind of more of a casual UFC fan, it's felt like the UFC has continued to rise in popularity, even though yeah. these kind of specific pop culture superstars are no longer at the top of the sport, kind of like your Connors and your uh, you know. Um, so I I guess the question is kind of a couple parts, which is who could you see actually potentially stepping up into that role and becoming that pop culture icon we haven't really had in the sport since McGregor. And what can that person individually, the UFC, or kind of both do to, to bolster that, like you mentioned with things like Ngannou leaving and, and, you know, there being challenges um, kind of, who does that fall on and who do you think might be able to break through?
0: Sugar, sugar.
4: (laughs) It's Sean's boy, Sugar Sean O'Malley.
1: <laughs> it feels like it's I, either him or Patty, but
4: they have you know, to have yeah. the real success Patty, to Patty follow the hype train, right? Um, I think Sean O'Malley has proven to have the talent to potentially be that guy. Patty has not shown that quite yet. He's he's fought three, let's be honest, three easy fights, and then one that he did not win, but he was gifted a decision. Um, in my opinion, though. I don't think we'll ever see a star similar to Conor McGregor. Not at least anytime soon. Um, I think the brand itself is now what's the big thing. I think at that point in 2015 when Conor was making his big run, it was more about they needed a superstar like him to sell over a million pay-per-views. Now I think the brand itself is big enough that, you know, they're not going to have any massive superstars like Conor was. And I, I wouldn't say never, but not in the next five-ish years um, and I don't think Dana wants there to be honestly I think he wants to be the figurehead, and I think he wants the brand to be what sells pay-per-views more than you know superstars obviously there's going to be stars in the sport but um, you know similar to Conor McGregor I, I don't see it anytime soon. Sean Do O'Connor, you see uh, that
1: as the as like the best way forward because I mean at least in my view every sport's massive growth is due to like transcendent superstars. So do you think Dana's like getting a little too egotistical trying to take that approach?
4: I I do personally. and I have, would love to hear Josh's take on this, but I think Dana, as long as he is the guy and the behind the scenes stuff, honestly, isn't even handled so much by him these days. Uh, there's a guy named Hunter Campbell, who's the chief business officer over there who does a lot of the, the real work. And Dana's not really involved in so much in the matchmaking, the contract situations. So, you know, I think as long as he's there, It's going to be about him and the brand. Um, I I think there needs to be another guy. I think the magic coming out of COVID is wearing off a little bit, a little bit. I'm still excited for these cards, but not, it felt different last year and the year before when I, I'm honestly a COVID UFC fan. I, in the top of 2020s where I really got into it and I was so, so hyped up for so many different cards. Now it feels like it's losing the luster a little bit and that's, I think for a number of different reasons, but I think uh, there needs to be some changes in the way they operate. And I think a, another superstar could could definitely shake it up.
3: Yeah, I think we can broaden the scope of this conversation to discuss the UFC's marketing strategy like more broadly, um, which I think we've sort of kicked that off. But there's a few things in my mind, I think in terms of the the sort of power of stardom, it's undeniable and no one will ever you know replicate what sort of Conor has achieved. But I think uh, it's very clear that Sean O'Malley has both the talent and the personality to sort of transcend that and, and really become a household name if, if he's not already. And then Patty Pimlet is sort of a household name for m- m- really his antics more never so than never. maybe his yeah. his <laughs> fights. Um, but I think uh,
1: the Antonio think the, Brown media strategy. Yeah,
3: yeah, I don't know. I think there's a few things. One is uh, we got to stop having the fights, these fights at the apex. I mean, these fights are so lame with no audience. We're making these guys fight in, in Vegas uh, in the UFC Apex Arena, for those who don't know, is where they have a lot of their their non-pay-per-view fight nights. And it's really just uh, doing a disservice to to not only the sport, but to the fighters as well. Um, and so we really need to make sure that that we get the right audiences. I mean, you see how incredible these London cards, these cards in France are just unbelievable. The amount of energy in those stadiums. Uh, and these, these, they sell out so quickly. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I don't know why we can't do that more often. And then looking at the marketing strategy uh, beyond that, we can address maybe the elephant in the room here, which is this uh, debut of this power slap league that I think Dana is trying to use as a social media tool to, I guess, draw more attention to the UFC, but also this new endeavor he's taking on. So I think Dana is just trying to do whatever he can to maybe uh, like keep the momentum that that this sport has gotten from COVID, uh, and by whatever means possible. To which I don't always uh, maybe agree with that strategy, but you can tell he's trying the, whatever he can. So Power Slap just needs a Conor Greger type,
4: yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> I think Power. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think I I changed my mind. I think Power Slap is what the US <laughs> needed to take it to the mainstream to be in the NBA NFL realm. I think I think this is it. Oh,
2: it's just crazy. I think uh, my video problem with video power is slap is that you don't have like it's just a bunch of random people, okay? Uh, I think you should get like where are they finding of... these people? Someone <laughs> tell me that that's the point. Like, hey, you get guys a notable matchup. get like, I have to, oh,
1: not again.
2: All come right, come all on. right, I couldn't help myself. I can, could... I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Thanks for giving the intern more editing
1: stuff. <laughs> you always have a countdown that. until the first. Uh, no i think uh yeah yeah no i mean for something like slapping i mean you even saw what a boost uh boxing got by just taking non-boxers who people know for other reasons throwing them in there this is even less skill-based Throw in just you know go like ted cruz versus you know roseanne or something
4: back to, to josh's <laughs> back to josh's point too think about like how little like thought is going it seems to from Dana at least, that's going into, I know there's other people at the organization who are doing most of the work to grow the sport, but like, think about, he forgot Islam, for those who didn't see, there was a press conference last night, he forgot Islam Makachev's name. <laughs> it's there's Islam, no all you have to say is Islam. In this fight. It's been all, if you go on the UFC's Instagram, you go on their social media, it's all power slap, so. Um.
2: <laughs> so I, I have seen a bunch of complaints
0: that he's just not promoting it. Um yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, All right. Um, we're finishing up here. I do want to get uh your guys' take on the Super Bowl. What's gonna happen, Eagles Chiefs.
1: This doesn't Minge. really seem like a uh a fair it's and unbiased a, group to for, be for the listeners. For the
0: Nothing listeners, uh, Minge is wearing a Devonte Smith jersey and Josh is wearing an Eagles sweatshirt. So
1: <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think we can call that two picks for the Chiefs.
0: <laughs> you think the birds got it?
4: Um it's tough to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little nervous, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's all going to come down to, you know, are, is AJ going to – I think he's been very quiet in, this, in these playoffs. I think it's going to come down to, is he going to make plays? Is Miles going gonna, Miles gonna to make plays? Because there's a good chance, if we don't score quickly, that we go behind in this game. And uh, we got to show that we have the same firepower. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be um, – Incredibly back and forth. Um in the end though, I think the Eagles win this one 31-28 final. Love it. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you guys for coming on. Uh really appreciate
4: it. Josh's pick here. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry.
3: Eagles win 31-28. Yeah. Let's go. score. <laughs> well, thank you guys. This is awesome.
1: Really
0: yeah. appreciate you coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Thanks for
1: coming on, fellas. We'll be back. Right, guys. Hey, guys. See you next Don't week. Yes. Yes. So about the Kyrie in the room.
0: Absolutely. So earlier this week, apparently nobody in the organization knew it was coming, including Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving releases he wants to trade. He puts in a demand as soon as the talks break down between him and the Nets, puts in a demand immediately and says he will sit out the rest of the season if not traded. Crazy. This is what – we'll get into all of it. And then news broke. He's going to the Mavs for a first-round pick. Spencer Uh,
1: Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, too.
0: Okay. Um, Which is funny. Dinwiddie's already back on the Nets. I know. Um, (laughs) um, But what what do you – this is – it always happens. Some superstar gets upset. But the Kyrie thing was so weird to me because, like, he's had a terrible year in terms of, like, off-court stuff. PR, yeah. can't Can't be worse. And then all the reports of the last month, it's like, oh, the Nets and Kyrie Irving are on the same page. It looks yeah, like it-
1: Dory. they started winning.
0: Um, things seem OK. They're going to get rid of Ben Simmons because he's the problem. Bam, Ky- Kyrie Irving drops this. So yeah. what your thoughts on, on this whole Irving situation?
1: Um, I've always said that the thing that I will always respect about Kyrie Irving is that he approaches his job the same way that I do, which is that he doesn't really want to be there. And that he's just gonna keep leaving to get more money at the first set. And granted, I think that's fine if you're in like the corporate world. But all the people that play in the NBA, this like the lifelong dream for all of them, except for Kyrie. He might as well be an accountant. He could not right. care less. So on that hand, you know I get it. But on the other hand, like I don't understand who still wants this guy. I get it if you're like the Lakers and you need to make a move because you have one more year. But if you're Luke, if you're the Mavs, when you're trying to find useful players for the future, I don't understand signing a guy who has not been able to stay on the same team for more than like six months at a time.
0: So do you think they're going to pay him? Because the other thing that came out was like he was only going to go places that were willing to give him a four-year contract.
1: I think they will because of this. But I think that's like they're, you know... I, I think that they're they think they're in a bad spot and they're just swinging for the fences. And granted, if Kyrie is like can, can go down there and, and you know, he, he could be wrangled. And this is like a, a little bit more of like a media blackout kind of area. And he gets into it. He's a great basketball player. I mean, this could be a huge pickup,
0: but I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't feel like Luke and Kyrie are the same type of person and will not get along well. Like, I just know. I think, like, basketball wise, it's a weird fit. I'm, I'm Basketball wise, on court, we can talk about too, but like, Lucas sells out. He plays a ton of games. Like, he's not like the modern NBA player superstar no. in the sense that he's resting on back to backs and everything yeah. like that. Like, he went home into Slovenia and played in the Euroball League right after playing in the playoffs and like, got zero rest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. So, that's a weird match. I don't know if they'll be happy. And at the end of the day, the Mavericks' one focus should be keeping Luca happy.
1: Yes. And that was the whole thing, right? He was saying that they needed to make some serious moves to contend soon. Right. So I guess that's what this was. But I
0: I, I think, like, the Porzingis thing didn't work out. Christian Wood has been a weird fit for them this year. um, Doesn't look like they want to pay him sort of thing. So maybe they're going to go front uh, front court or back court. I always mix it up. Front court. Um, Back court. Yeah, maybe they want to go, maybe they're just gonna try and go backward because the front court match with Luca just hasn't worked.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think there's there's something to be said about that. You have a guy, another guy who's a creator, you take a little bit of the pressure off of Luca, you know. But for me, it's like they're always good at offense, they're terrible at defense. Kyrie's not gonna help you there. At least he gives you like some sort of spacing and a little bit of championship pedigree. But if you're getting Kyrie because of his stabilizing presence in a locker room i'm sorry
0: it's not going to work out very well for you no um gee what are your thoughts on the the by re Urban?
2: i mean i it's it is what it is like i I don't (laughs) think it's going to work great either i think there's a little bit of upside just because he's so dynamic he's so good um (laughs) but like
1: Is this this a classic lose-lose situation? Do you you think either team feels better about themselves now post-deal? I think the Nets are
2: plenty happy to just be rid of him and everything. I mean, they were were
1: like 30 a game and had ripped off a ton of wins for them without KD.
0: I don't think the Nets are going to be happy because I feel like KD is now going to leave.
1: Yeah,
2: maybe. I, I don't know. I think KD has this situation. It's like, all right, you have moved. Everywhere, like your entire career, you have bounce from team to team so you can play with a stud. Like, this is your chance to win a ring, and you're clearly the guy. Not that he wasn't clearly the guy, that, though. What I don't think he cares about that.
1: Yeah, I, I think, think he wants like an easy, I think he wants like a soft landing spot where he doesn't have to, like, he knows he can win.
0: Philadelphia, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Diebold, two first round picks for Kevin Durant right now. Oh shut up. <laughs> I mean, the Nets would never
2: say yes to that, but
0: um I mean, they did give us James Harden for Ben Simmons and some There's some...
2: a huge difference between James Harden and Kevin Durant. And also, they just at that point they were wanting to just get rid of Ben Simmons.
1: They're just trying to they're um... just trying to get rid of everyone. It's so funny how quickly that happens. <laughs> yeah. Just...
0: yeah. I think I don't feel bad for KD, though, because he left the Warriors to join Kyrie. Like, that was the whole thing. Him and Kyrie were teaming up. And then Harden came, too. So, like, it's the I mean, modern- I'm
1: never going to feel bad for KD for any of this kind of stuff. Like, yeah.
0: he's, just, he's trying to do the good
1: old LeBron, like, drop where you want to go and how you want to go, blah, blah, blah. People are too good at basketball these days. If you're, like, forcing your hand as a player to play with certain people, you are going to severely handicap your roster, and you're not going to be able to compete like that. Because in this day, you can get – there There are useful basketball players to be found everywhere, and constructing those rosters should be left up to the front office because the – it's like the classic, like, uh, get rid of Jared Allen to sign DeAndre Jordan because he's my buddy. Like, how much better would that team look right now with Jared Allen? Oh, so much better. The Nets you know? would be so
0: good right now if they
1: never had Kitty. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Everyone that they've ever had is thriving. Dinwiddie's back. <laughs> <He's> back. <laughs> that's um, also like I think. Um, I think the 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 Mavs would have loved to have been able to get this done without giving up a guy like Dinwiddie or a guy like DFS or or, or I or, or you know obviously having to give up both of them is tough. They're already thin. They're already missing pieces like that. Like that sucks for them. And on the Nets side, the Nets are also thin. Those are two great rotation guys. Those are playoff rotation guys.
0: For sure. Exactly. I still I still think the Nets of Katie plays, you know, they'll still be a good team in the east. Probably won't have the firepower anymore, but
1: and that's always the issue is can you get past Boston?
0: Past is Boston the team to beat now? Like is oh, it yeah. not sure. still massively. Milwaukee? No. They made the finals last year,
1: Celtics. They made the finals last year and they have the best record in the NBA now. They're yeah, very I just feel like Milwaukee has the best
2: player. They're still a very good supporting staff. Like
1: Yeah, they've been underachieving and then the got
2: Christmas.
0: Like the it's month. the regular
2: season though. Everybody underachieves.
0: Well, the truth is about the East is it's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> like it really is. The Celtics are the first seed. They're like two and a half games ahead of the Bucks and the Sixers who were tied for the second. Like the Sixers this year. They're deeper than they've ever been. And they're as good
1: as they've ever been.
0: This is the best sixers team we've seen. Probably after the Kyrie trade, they'll move up to the third favorites out of the East. And they're the deepest they've ever been. Yeah. It is interesting because 10 years ago, uh, like five
2: years ago, it was the opposite. The West was so good. But the West
0: is so good too. It's all like, it's, they're so good top top to bottom. That's why you need expansion because there's too much talent. Ooh,
1: way too much talent right now. Yeah. There's no, like, bad teams. And it, it hurts these small markets like like a team like the Hornets, where if you feel like you hit on a guy like LaMelo Ball, you go great. That means we're like a play-in team now. We're like a couple of pieces away from really competing in a few years. And that's just not the landscape anymore. It's like, yeah, you got LaMelo. Like, you have to hit and hit and hit and hit to just have a competent team. And they won't because their GM and, and Michael Jordan is terrible at this. And so it's just going to – it's never going to be enough. It's – we need expansion. The
2: Hornets have – they're always somehow in cap hell and just don't have any good players. Yeah, they're in-
1: always somehow paying like Bismack Biombo from like the – in like the mid-2000s or something. Nick Batum. <laughs> Nick Batum. That was so great.
0: Wrap, wrap up NBA talk here and probably the pod, do um, you think LeBron does it tonight, passes Kareem's all-time record? And no, in- he wants to do it against <laughs> the box. Kareem will be in the building tonight. Yep, isn't it like in Indiana? Um, On NBA TV or something? No, it's it's a home game for the Lakers. Oh,
2: it's in LA. Is this the game that they're Like the tickets are like a hundred thousand
1: dollars. This is the one we were talking about last time, where 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 it's like there's no way
0: that Lakers tonight. So he, they also do have the Bucks at the Lakers Thursday. So if he doesn't get it tonight, he'll guaranteed get it against the Bucs. Yeah,
1: and, and I think that game is on TNT and the game. Um,
0: but, yeah, I mean, Kareem's in the building apparently early in the year. I didn't know this. But, I mean, Kareem's always been – he's the big thinker. He's never had good relationships with a ton of people. But earlier in the year they were talking – they asked LeBron, like, oh, you're going to pass Kareem this year. How's your relationship? And LeBron just answered non-existent. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting Kareem's even showing up to the... Very experience. interesting. Kareem has actually been publicly critical of LeBron on like his COVID stance and other issues. So maybe you're a Kareem fan, Jeep? I I don't know. I mean, if you... Yeah, like
2: LeBron, I find LeBron very annoying. I'm excited for him to... Pass the scoring record and to have everybody shut up about it. Um, get it behind. When it's,
3: it.
0: when it's all said and done. So at the end of this year, he'll have like high thirty-eight thousand points, maybe thirty-nine. Do you think he breaks forty-five? Nah. 45. You know how Not many enough. rings
2: he has? As many as Steph Curry. And honestly, Steph Curry has a better chance of – winning oh, another one at this
1: point i so, think right when we when we get distance from lebron he's so easily going to be the goat and mj has such a great career for for,
0: for like the- all right all right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go into this another day that's some good off-season talk fellas. <laughs> <laughs> we've run way over our time but uh, all right
1: thanks guys thank you listeners. Uh, thanks, listeners. thanks guys. <laughs> guys see you later
0: We're almost at